Hey, hey, hi, and hello to everyone, and welcome to FewerCast, our film effect weekly entertainment recap podcast, the weekly episodic show where we break down the film effect movie news from our full effect point of views. I hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving as we enter a holiday hell. As with each episode, I'm Ed, and joining me, as usual, the usual suspects. We got Justin, Jocelyn, and Andrew joining us this week. How you all doing? Greetings and salutations. I'm doing well. How are you? Can't complain. Guess what? What? As with this episode's release date on Saturday the 3rd, I'm officially the father of a 15-year-old. It's crazy. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. Can't believe Mm -hmm. it. It seems like just yesterday she was born. And now she's 15. Holy shit. Anyway, I hope everyone's ready to have some rock-solid fun. So without further ado, let's tighten that grip and bring on the drip. I may have some breaking news for you, Elliot. Let's kick this episode off with some wholesome G.G. Allen news. (laughs) According to our friends over at Bloody Disgusting, Allen's getting a biopic made by Lords of Chaos filmmaker Jonas Ackerland, of all people. Crazy times we're living in. Fucking Gigi Allen's getting a biopic from Jonas Ackerland. That's, uh, Justin. What do you got to say about that? That's interesting news. Are you a Gigi yeah. Allen fan, Justin? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you can call it being a fan, like, I don't know anybody truly. He's, like, yeah, I, he's just because of a fan as Gigi Allen as you and I are, Andrew. Yeah, there's actually a couple of Gigi Allen songs that I like, but, um, I, I love the documentary Hate It. Like, I could watch that thing um, all yeah, day it's long. It's good. Yeah. I don't so know. it's much, like. As, go ahead. As much as I like punk rock, I have, I fucking hate Gigi Allen. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it just draws me I the wrong way. It's, it's I mean, he's show. vile, but, you know, that's yeah. his character. Right. It's, it's not. I don't know how much it's supposed to be taken seriously, even his music. It's just a fucking, like, spectacle. Like, it's nuts. Like, I'm going to bring up CKY on this because I think it's, what is it, Andrew? CKY three or four with, uh, three. Where okay. Pisses on his grave after drinking the Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah. it's Chad from a CKY. Request, by the way. Yeah, Chad from CKY just downs an entire bottle of Jack Daniels and, like, goes to his grave site and, like, pisses on it. And he's just so fucking slop drunk. He's just like, nobody knows fucking GG Allen. I killed him! I killed him! It was so fucking funny what was coming out of his mouth. You didn't pay attention. In 93, when Gigi was doing his last tour, you didn't show up. And when you want to show up for a tour, you fucked up in 93. You fucking poison cocksucker. He's just <laughs> ran and pissed off. Like, I think... Because Hated, the one you were talking about, Justin, that's the one from Todd Phillips, right? Yeah. Of, of the Hangover fame. Because didn't yeah. he do two documentaries on G.G. Allen? Uh, or was it just the one? I thought he did I two, but maybe it's just one. I think he did just the one. Are you talking about the one that came out like a year or two ago? No, this was older. Uh, as far as I know, there's only one, one documentary. And then okay. there was one, like I said, came out about a year or two ago. Um... It was more, it was kind of about Gigi Allen's brother and, and his mother and what they thought of that whole thing. But as far as I know, that as far as the Todd Phillips one, there's only one. All right. Well, getting back to the biopic, um, 
this is officially coming from the Hollywood Reporter. They said the producers have acquired Alan's life and music rights and have a script written by Richard Shankman from uh, Mischief Night was the one credit that I'm seeing on here. Um, yeah, Gigi Allen, Live Fast, Die is said to explore what happens to a borderline personality when the reach for fame exceeds the limits of talent. When substance abuse goes unchecked and mental illness undiagnosed and untreated, and when fic- fictional character takes over a real person's life, driving GG beyond limits anyone could possibly endure. I mean, and it just goes on for a few paragraphs of them just, just praising GG like he was some saint. But uh, yeah, it's, he was such uh, a poser that he gave his life for it. It's uh... like that yeah. description you just you just gave sound like if they make a movie that's like explores the psychology of all that, it, it could be very interesting. It could be a good take. They if could do a lot just, of things with this. If it's just simply your typical biopic where it just rehashes scenes from his life, like. I know most people don't know who Gigi Allen is, but I assume that that's going to mean most people aren't going to give a shit about this movie. So um, I'm not exactly sure who it's for. I think anybody who's a true Gigi Allen fan would rather just watch Hated than somebody pretend to be Gigi Allen. And, you know, like in in a mainstream movie, how, you know, are they going to show him naked with his tiny dick flopping around rolling in shit? Like, (laughs) I mean... They're only going to go so far, so what's the point? Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's kind of like when we brought up like the, the wrestling biopic a couple months ago. It, like It's obviously going to be towards people that you know are interested in that type of thing. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and Gigi Allen, like I was saying, like it's that's a pretty fringe thing. There's not a ton of people out there who even know who he is, much less would want to watch a movie about him. So... I'm just not sure, you know, like I said, they really have to like take off and, and just tell a, a, a real crazy story like that. Uh, that Don Cheadle, Miles Davis biopic. I, I mean, I just generally hate biopics, but that's, it, that's not really a biopic. He took a period of Miles Davis's life and just created a fictional story around it. And I think that would be the way to go with this if, if it's going to be anything worthwhile. Yeah, and uh, see, Jonas. I feel like this movie's coming out in like the wrong time period. Like, punk rock is not even big. People are not really into anarchaic type of stuff anymore. I don't think it's about that, though. I mean, I don't think that's the reason why they're doing this. I think, I really do think it's what Justin was talking about. Like, I think that they're doing it to just type, you know, to just tap into his mental disorder and, and everything that happened when, you know, you live this party lifestyle with you know just illicit drugs every day of your life just downing them like it's candy and just what it does to the human psyche and we had all the drinking that he did too and just the fame got to his head and they like uh, you know they could do a lot with this rather than so just basically uh, like cut and Nancy. paste yeah exactly like like exactly just like uh what is that uh alex who's the alex actress? cox alex cox thank you justin just like he did with that back in the 80s. Like, that's a lot more than just a biopic um, with the, you know, uh, with Sid and Nancy. But uh, anyway, Jonas Ackerman, you know, he did a lot of music videos in the late 90s, early aughts. Uh, he did the video. That's how I know. 
Yeah, a lot of people probably did too. That lived, that grew up with MTV in, in the late nineties. Like he did the videos for like uh, Madonna's Ray of Life, uh, Ray of Light. Sorry, uh, a personal favorite of mine. My favorite game from the Cardigans. Did a couple videos for Metallica. A bunch of videos for Roxette. Uh, he did the Smack My Bitch Up video for uh, The Prodigy that got banned from yeah, MTV. Right. So, yeah, a lot of lot of uh, uh, music videos. And then he directed Spun about 20 years ago. Where you oh, at with Spun? Uh, yeah, here. I'm the same way. I'm the same way with that movie. So, anyway, it's, it's, it's like... It's all in the early stages. Like news just dropped literally today on, or, or no, last night because I was actually re- I pulled it up on the way to the bar last night. Um, this this whole report. So, um, so yeah, that's that. Do we want to talk about the Oscars making the decision to air all twenty three categories this year or next year? <laughs> that's a whole hey. lot of categories. Um, who wants to sit through that? <laughs> I don't want to sit there during the time that is allotted already. <laughs> Very true. Who's hosting this year? Are they going? Are they? Are they doing a hostless again? Oh, I uh, hope it's Chris Rock again. Will Smith and Chris Rock. It's gonna be them. <laughs> oh God, that'd be great. Just out of spite of the fact that Will Smith is kicked out and Chris Rock is still hosting. <laughs> oh yeah, he got banned for a decade. That's right. I forgot about that. And this is award strip promo. Imagine that dude wins a Best Actor award. And gets a strip from him because he's an idiot. No, he didn't get a strip. He didn't get he a strip. No, oh, it was I, just oh, a, it just I made for an incredibly it. awkward moment. That's all. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, I feel like any time a filmmaker was quoted talking about Marvel, they're taking a massive gamble because you never know if their words are going to either be twisted or misconstrued. Not to mention all the fanboys assemble an Avengers team of their own to face off against whomever made said comment. We saw it happen in the past. Martin Scorsese. Sam Jackson's now responding to comments that Quentin Tarantino recently made. Um, and it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like, it wasn't, it was just like passing comments that Tarantino made on the Howard Stern show. And as usual, everyone just fucking reached for whatever they could grab to fucking, you know, complain. Because, God forbid, you talk about Marvel or DC without hearing some sort of backlash. Um, anyway, uh, Jackson said on The View yesterday, it takes an actor to be those particular characters. Oh, by the way, Tarantino made a comment about he doesn't see, like, actors who play these Marvel characters. He doesn't refer to them as their actor name. He refers to them as their Marvel character because that's who they pretty much... They're, they're, he's basically alluding to, like, the, the, the Marvel characters basically consuming their life. Like, people don't refer to Chris Evans anymore as Chris Evans. They refer to him as Captain America in the general public. You know, and, and Chris and Chris Hemsworth, they refer to him as Thor. You know. So Sam Jacks jumped in. He said, it takes an actor to be those particular characters. And the sign, by the way, Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. And the sign of movie stardom has always been, what, asses in seats? What are we talking about? That's not a big controversy for me to know that apparently these, these actors are movie stars. Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther. You can't refute that, and he's a movie star. So, yeah, yeah like again, Tarantino talking about the quote-unquote marvelization of Hollywood. Um, so I'll pass it on to Justin first. What do you think about all this? 
I mean, in a way, I think they're both right. Like, I'm I guilty mean, of that. I refer to Chris Evans as Captain America now. It's I'm, I'm guilty well, as shit of that. That's the thing. Like Chris that's Evans. That's far from the only thing I know him in. Well, same. I was gonna say, like, he's done a bunch of movies, but I defy you to tell me the name of a character in any other movie he's ever done. Um, you know, you think Captain America. So, I think that that statement is fair, but also these people are actors. Like Scarlett Johansson did a shitload of movies before she was ever in a Marvel movie. And I think she even got nominated for Academy Awards. Not that that means anything. But yeah, I mean, they are actors. Like to, to just pretend that they're like these puppets because they're in Marvel movies. Um, I mean, do we call Sylvester Stallone John Rambo? You know what I mean? People do call him Rambo. I mean, or Rock. Let's be fair. They do call him Rambo and Rocky. Thank you, Justin. So, but then, but Stallone also like did Copland, you know. So I mean, like you, <laughs> he was a demolition people, man, motherfucker. But I'm just saying, like the Marvel people, like he was Oscar. Of, huh? He was Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he deep dive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just Marvel people need to chill the fuck out. It's like. Yes. People, it, it's like you the, you already have like endless content. The the movies make billions of dollars each. Like what? And then they piss the moon because they don't also win Academy Awards and everybody doesn't love them. It's like get over it, man. You love them, great. You know, they're, they're very successful, and there's going to be a shitload more of them. It just. Oh, you yeah, know, it's not going away. It, just enjoy them and let people have their opinions. If people don't like them, that's okay. It it it, it detracts from their lives absolutely nothing whatsoever. I don't understand the the uh, mania over this whole thing. Exactly. Pass the popcorn. Shut the fuck up. You know. Yeah. Live your life. Move on. Just like we're gonna do. No. Um. Well, I'm, Jocelyn, I'm actually, Andrew, I'm a- what do you have to say about I'm all sorry. this shit? Both of you. Whoever wants to speak first, go. I mean, I'm I'm actually on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from Justin. I'm sick and tired of people just criticizing the Marvel universe. Like, and I'm not that hardcore of a fan, but when people are like Martin Scorsese or fucking you know, um, Tarantino, not who we just talking about, Tarantino. Like when these guys are just talking shit on the Marvel universe just because what you're angry that your movies don't make billions of dollars. Not I talking guess I mean that's shit, the only though. thing that I can really pull. But they're not talking shit. That's not what well, they're, the, they're making not... jabs. And, but, and but first of all, Martin, Martin Scorsese was straight talking shit. Dude was but straight talking being, shit. They're being asked a question. It's not like Scorsese came out and said, "Oh, by the way, Marvel movies aren't real movies; they're amusement park rides. And Tarantino didn't just come out and go. Yeah, but hey, did you everybody. have to? Like, did you have to say that? You know what I mean? They're, they're answering a question they were asked. Are they supposed to like say, "No, nah, I'm not going to answer that"? I mean, it's getting to that point where it'd be smarter just to go, "I'm not answering that question." But I mean, they're trying to cooperate with an interview, so they answer the question. Right, and I get and that, but you. The but reason- you as a professional should be able to be like, yes, I respect the hustle, but it's not for me. It's something I along think that's basically what yeah. they've said. I mean, and that's why I, they're I, being I, asked these to questions. It as amusement parks, I tend to defer with that. That's why they're being asked these questions, though, because you'll never see Tarantino or Scorsese directing a Marvel movie. They know it, so they're going to ask them the question while they have the opportunity. That, yeah, but does anyone care about their opinion? I mean... Well, apparently I think, the, the interviewee cares. 
Right. But we don't you care. are, sorry. Like, I mean, I don't know. I get it. Like, I get Andrew's side and I get Jocelyn's side. But I also... What's like, your side? Um, I just, I really don't care. I a guess. little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, but I get, like, like what Justin was saying about, like, you know, Marvel fans being, like, you know, oh, this is, like, this holy grail and everything. It's, like... Well, I'd say... And this you is don't a, this... have to. It's more more for us. If you don't like it, whatever. More for us. Because yeah. I, I was just going to say, like, you know, and I, I hope you don't take this personally, Jocelyn. I'd consider you the biggest Marvel fan of all of us yeah, here. Yeah, I'm a huge Marvel fan. So... Yeah. That's why I was so curious to hear what your take on all this shit was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've just, the older I've gotten, the less I give a shit about other people's opinions. So if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. So. I mean, I, I'll agree with Jocelyn. Like, you shouldn't care about other people's personal opinions. But at the same time, you shouldn't make digs at other people. Like, it's not like somebody who's looking at Quentin Tarantino and be like, oh, all you do is make shock value films. You right. I mean? And that's what I was saying. I agree with Andrew. Like, it, it's one thing to give your opinion, but how low do you have to stoop by giving it if that makes sense you know what i mean like he could have just said not my thing you know let's move on next question but it's howard's turn so he's gonna fucking dig you know right well and it's tarantino who wants to hear tarantino say i i plead the fifth on a film like (laughs) i want to hear what the fuck the guy thinks and i want him to be like and he just he had I almost think, and I'm not making a joke, I think he's like on the spectrum somewhat. So I think that when you ask him a question, you're going to get like an honest answer. I don't think he has it in him, the bullshit, you know, whether or not Mm -hmm. you like the answer. I think he's just going to give it to you straight because he just, he can't not do that. I don't know. At the end of the day, I love Tarantino. I, I, there's not a single Tarantino film that I don't absolutely deeply love. And I love him as a person too, but I don't know. It just sounds curmudgeon a lot of times when he's in interviews, and it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Damn, it is what it is. Using big words like curmudgeon. I'm Listen dead to ass you. serious. That is the perfect word for it. <laughs> that is, that is what Quentin Tarantino is. Not in gonna lie. I don't know what the fuck that word even means. Stuck in his ways. All right. But I get it. And this is what you and I were talking about last night, Ed. Like I'm, I'm getting into that older category myself, and it's like I understand where these guys are coming from. Like. I just really dislike the movie business these days. Yeah. I don't like most of the movies that come out. I don't like the way the business is done. I don't like anything fucking about it. And I watch a lot of movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So I get like people who are like, they don't make them the way they used to. Like, that's the way I feel. Like, I think things should keep progressing. So they're just making stuff just, just simply not for me these days. I don't get mad about it. Like, if they never made another movie, movies just stopped being made today i wouldn't lose any sleep over it because there's so much shit i still haven't seen i'll I'll spend the rest of my life catching up on that so you know they let them crank out a hundred marvel movies a year it's no skin off my back you know no i I 100 agree with that like movies don't reach out to me the way that they used to and that's why i don't really watch movies as much as i used to like you know tend to watch movies from yesteryear if you will but at the same time, yeah. just don't knock the hustle. You know what I mean? It rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. So, I, I, Andrew, I honestly never thought that it, it took you took it would take this so personally. Like, not even mad. Man. Well, I say that not because it's been going on. This is going on for like a couple of years now with people just knocking Marvel films. Like, I'm not like I love Marvel, and I loved Marvel films up until Endgame. I'm guilty of the fact that I haven't really watched too much since then, but. 
I love these movies. They're fantastic movies. And, and it's, and it's not just that it's, it's so much effort and so much time it takes to make these movies. So for you to be like, Oh, just write it off as a theme park ride. Like, do you have any idea how long it takes to make a fucking Marvel film? <laughs> right. And Justin, that's why I fucking love having you on this show in particular, because I know 99.8% like of the shit we're talking about, you don't give two fucking shits about, but you still have an opinion anyway, and I love you for it. So I'm a movie fanatic. I grew up loving movies. Like, right, it's right. I just don't like the way they've been done for like the past going on 10 years or so. It's just there's something that's changed that just doesn't speak to me. Hmm. And I'm an old fuck. That's part of it too. I'll even agree. Like the, the thing that I would like to contest is the last great filmmaker is what Christopher Nolan. You know what I mean? So, no, I think there's plenty. Of, we've there's got a lot of new blood right now. That's one uh, thing yeah, I will say. About like I'm not like indebted to the film industry the way that you guys are. So, but I'm gonna. I'm, I'm saying that like there's a lot of young up and coming directors that you know I definitely have my eye on. The obvious answer is, you know, like uh, Robert Eggers and um, uh, Ari Aster. Thank you. But um, yeah, there's other ones, too. I'm just, I can't Strickland, think of it right I'm now. Edgar Wright. Ed, well, Edgar Wright's not really new and up and coming. He's been on the scene for the last 20 years or so. Um, even longer than that space was like, what, the late 90s? But um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, even like. I'll, I'll even throw uh, Olivia Wilde's name in the hat after book after book smart and don't worry darling absolutely she'd be in, she, her name is absolutely on my list of you know uh, up and coming directors because she's two for two in my book so um but yeah um we can move on then has anyone ever wondered why James Cameron made his avatar Navi characters blue well, now we can all sleep better because Cameron recently sat down with Empire and revealed the answer to this 13-year-old burning question. Um, he made them blue because... Where's this quote at? I like this. As for the color, green was taken. There was a long history of green aliens plus the hawk. In the human colors, pinks and browns weren't alien. SpongeBob was yellow. I'm not sure where SpongeBob came from, but he had he felt the need to say that little ditty. Um, he said that pretty much left blue and purple. Purple is my favorite color, but I figured we'd use that for one of our main uh, bioluminescence colors, which we did, associating it with Iwa and anything sacred to the Navi. So, what? fuck the smurfs or sonic the hedgehog or dr manhattan or hell even tobias from rust development fuck all them they're blue yeah i got nothing on this <laughs> <laughs> i got nothing on this one so i'm blue and if i was green i would die That's all hey I eiffel 65 made a song about this fucking color okay pretty and, sure it's 55 65 whatever but whatever right <laughs> Because we still love that song. At least I do. Uh, we can actually talk about something that I know Justin would like. Hopefully he still likes this guy. Paul Thomas Anderson. You might have heard of him. Huh? Maybe the, the best currently doing it. Yeah. So evidently his next film is going to be shooting this coming summer. I saw this. Now, now this I'm not excited about. Especially coming on the heels of uh, Licorice Pizza. Yeah, too soon. That's the, my first thought about this because it's I'm referring to a Collider article 
that I stumbled across earlier. Um, yeah, you and I are both not the biggest fans of Licorice Pizza. Um, but that's okay. You know, they're not all going to be winners, I guess. Um, I mean, it's his first dud. I know you're not a fan of Punch Drunk Love. We'll never see eye to eye on that one, but whatever. No. Um, but yeah, I, this is just my first thought to all this was already because he's not a filmmaker who typically jumps into his next film so quickly because Licorice Pizza is like just a year old. It came out last holiday season. So we're coming up, we're coming up on a year on that release. So to hear that he's going to be filming his next film in th- this coming summer, you know, that's less than two years after Licorice. I don't know. But personally, I just think that's a little too soon. Maybe he needs to pump the brakes, especially after Licorice Pizza was what it was uh, for uh, better or worse. We're in the minority on that opinion, though. Like, most people think that's a masterpiece. So yeah, it's I don't not get like, that. I don't understand what they're saying like that we are. Back from anything, you know, it was, it was a, a success, I think, for him. So. I mean, plot-wise, I mean, we talked about this last night a little bit with uh, Red Rocket, with the subject matter. Um, it's not even that. Like, the movie's just not interesting to me, and I've watched it twice. Um, yeah, I need to watch it again, but I didn't like the characters at all. Like, I didn't yeah. give a shit what happened to My them. initial I, like, thoughts... I found her compelling. I thought she was just awful. Yeah, with that singer from Jaime. Yeah, not not the performance. The character. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, her character was just an awful person. So I didn't give a shit what happened. And like, you can, obviously you can have movies about people that you don't like, you know. But I, for some reason, I was just, and I didn't like the kid either. I, I just thought they yeah. were both annoying. Cooper Hoffman. I mean, everyone was raving about him coming into this because obviously, you know, coming off of the heels of his his old man, who was also really close with PTA. You know this. Gary Valentine character is not a likable person, and I, I just, I, I came to that conclusion the first scene I saw him in, in, in the, in the movie. Like I just said, this is going to be a tough watch because I do not like this guy or this kid, this character or whatever. Um, he just came off with this arrogance that just rubbed me the wrong way, and he continues with that arrogance throughout the entire two and a half hour movie. And it's like I can't do this, Paul. What are you doing to me, man? Yeah, I don't, I don't get the love for that one. Um, but I don't care that the new one's so quick. Like, especially if he's just making some, like, like going to bang something out quickly, do it different than his normal thing, which, which could be interesting. The thing that's turning me off is, it's like, written or co-written with his daughter, either written by her or co-written. And it's like, and she's a kid. It's not like his 25-year-old daughter. She's like, do I really want to see... You know, it's cute. I understand you want to do things for your kids. I Obviously, I get that. But do I want to see a Paul Thomas Anderson movie based on a script by, like, his 10-year-old kid? I don't know. I can't. I'm having a hard time getting excited about that concept. Yeah. I mean, like I said, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Maybe go back and make another, like, Phantom Thread type movie. God damn it. That's a classic. Um... But yeah, that's that. And um, we're going to talk about Bruce Lee now. So it feels, or at least to me it feels, like this project's been kicked around for eons. Um, Bruce Lee getting a biopic. Um, It's like everyone's getting a biopic this week. So yeah, let's take a look at this report that uh, 
I found on comicbook.com. I'm not sure who their source is. Deadline. Uh, so Ang Lee's been tapped to direct this biopic. And he has handpicked his son Mason to play Bruce. Now, this project gets weirder and weirder to me personally. Uh, so Mason Lee is actually an actor I'm familiar with. He was in The Hangover Part 2. Um, anybody else a big Hangover 2 fan? Just me? No? Okay. He no. was yeah, he was the uh, 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 the, the, the Asian... Uh, what the hell is his uh, association... Uh, it's one of the characters are getting married and, and he's like the, the younger brother so he comes along too and he, he's part of the wolf pack in that in that movie so I remember him from that um, and I knew I remember I knew that he was Ang Lee's son even though Ang Lee had nothing to do with that fucking movie uh, so yeah he's, uh, Ang Lee's doing this uh, Mason's doing uh, starring sorry as Bruce and it's being written by Dan Futterman who is Dan Futterman, you ask? Dan Futterman, to me, is Val Goldman from The Birdcage, who went on to become a writer in Hollywood. He co-wrote, he either wrote or co-wrote the screenplay for Fox, what was it, Fox, what's that wrestling movie with Steve Carell? Foxcatcher, is that what it's called? Foxcatcher, okay. Um, he did something else, um... I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Yeah, the name's familiar. He did. He was in Capote. That's what it was then. He wrote Capote. I knew he had something to do with something, another big movie. I couldn't remember what it was, though. Because, yeah, he was an actor, like I said. He was in, you know, a couple of young uh, movies. He was in The Fisher King. And he was in um, Birdcage, like I said. He'll always be Val Goldman to me. I fucking love the Birdcage so much. Um, what did he write? Let's see, a Foxcatcher, Grace Point, whatever that is. And yeah, Capote. Adapted screenplay. He was actually nominated for a fuck ton of awards for that one. Never seen Capote. Um... What'd you say? Not neither have I. I haven't seen that either. Yeah. So, thoughts, opinions? No. Yes. Bruce Lee biopic. It's been talked about for many, many fucking years. So, yeah. I guess it's happening. I mean, in all seriousness, I'm I mean, a, I, I like Bruce Lee. I mean, let's, uh, let's get down the brass tacks. I like Bruce Lee. Have I ever been craving you know, a Bruce like? You know, I've seen enough documentaries on his short-lived life and career. Like, you know, he was taken from us at a very young age. Scarily enough, scarily, it's not even a word. Um, just it, it, it sucks to even think, or it's 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 scary to think his son died similarly at a young age as well. It's just a freak accident. What were you gonna say, Andrew? No, I was going to say, like, I, I thoroughly enjoy Bruce Lee and his films. I mean, I don't know if I'm overly excited for a biopic, but, you know, I certainly had my fair share of times watching Bruce Lee and his, you know, when you cinematic think, experiences. So. Something else to think Shout about, Shout out to too. G4, by the way. <laughs> okay. Something else to think about here. Uh, anything Ang Lee touches, he has to put his own spin to it. 
He's known for that. Life of Pi, um, you know, even going back to like Hawk twenty years ago and the way he made that like like a like a comic strip, sort of. Um, you know, he just is a very unique filmmaker, in my opinion. I'm trying to pull up what else he did because. Yeah, he's not, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He did do that. Okay, so that, that that was the whole like flying aspect. So like everything he touches, he does something, you know. Oh, and that 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 Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. He did the uh, that was the the big the 3D, and the the 4K, and then yeah. his last film, Gemini Man. Um, that was the about. That was all about the 120 FPS time rate of uh, frame rate, because the movie's just. I mean, I I personally like the look. I I own Gemini Man because to me it's a demo disc for 4K. Uh, it, it looks incredible. Um, I wasn't aware of this film. 120 frames, you say? Yes, sir. The it's, ah, it's the uh, Will That's Smith impressive. Will Smith action film where he plays himself, a, a clone, and him. He plays two characters. Oh, Andrew, God. we watched okay. it. Hang on a second. <laughs> no, no, motherfucker. We watched it. When I first got that, you came over with Christina. We all sat here and watched it, dude. You've seen this movie oh, I'm talking shit. about. Uh, it's a pretty it's starting, movie. I was about to say, I, I don't remember it vividly, but now that you're mentioning it, it's starting to come to me. Terrible <laughs> film. Typical, Andrew. <laughs> Two out of ten. I'll probably never watch it again, nor remember it for that matter. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Um, and before we move on, so Spotify rap is happening currently with everybody. It's all I'm seeing all over Twitter, all over Facebook. Everyone's posting their Spotify raps. Well, us being a podcast, we have our own Spotify wrapped. So I'm going to share pretty cool shit we had a pretty good year i'd say so you should all pat yourselves on the back so collectively we created 12,314 minutes of new content that's more than 99 percent of other creators in the tv and film category not really but okay uh <laughs> evidently on spotify batman returns was our biggest episode this year 338 percent more streams than your average episode um podcast was heard in 29 countries top five countries were the u.s canada the uk australia and germany isn't australia a continent um it is but we don't talk about that i guess <laughs> your podcast saw a lot of gains this year we were up 277 hours no 277 percent hours we were up 161 percent streams were up 56% followers and we were up in 53% listenership. Pretty good. Um, and this is the big one. Well, at least to me it is. We are the top 10 podcast for 67 different people. Top 5 for 46 people. And according to 14 different people out there, you're probably listening if you're one of those 14. We are your number one. So thank you for listening to us all the time. Damn, that's actually phenomenal. Thank you very, very much to yeah. everybody out there. No, I, I, I know it was coming off a of sarcastic, but I was being sincere with that. Seriously. That, that, no, seriously. That means a lot. I'm my heart. That, 
that means a lot for sure. It gives me motivation. So thank you. Good yeah, shit. very cool. Thank you. All right, let's move on to coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. Now we can get the conversation started. Should we talk about Super Mario Brothers first or Cocaine Bear? Which one? Let's do Cocaine Bear. Let's talk about Cocaine Bear. Medic! Oh, Jesus. What is that? Beth, we should go. Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more of this out there. They dumped it somewhere. I'm looking for my daughter. Forest is a dangerous place. Hey, Henry, check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on The bear, it fucking did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. There was a bear. A bear? It was far. Hey, that's inappropriate. You're safe. Bears can't climb trees. Of course I can! <gasps> huh? Higher, baby. Oh, shit. Get higher, baby. Oh, no. It kind of seems like the thing that stays with a man forever. Apex Predator. High on cocaine. Out of his mind. Oh! Oh man, you fucked. What the fuck is wrong with that bear? Shoot it, man! Bear speeder! And don't ever come down! We have such good luck in nature. This is a real movie happening. And I should remind everyone right now that it's being directed by Elizabeth Banks. I don't know anything about that, but I will say that I've actually heard about this film for the past, like, I want to say 14 months or so. And, like, I've been infatuated with it. This story is so fucking stupid, but so true. It happened. And I can't wait to envision it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it happened. And I can't wait to see this, you know, cinematically. It's such a fucking ridiculous plot. But it's true. It's a, it comes straight from the seeds of truth. And it happened back in the mid-80s. You just ingested a whole entire fucking bag full of coke. Just like you saw in the trailer. Ray Liotta, final performance. Dude, I can't get over that fucking wig he's wearing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, leave it to Ray Liotta to give us one last performance the way he is with this fucking role. It looks... I, I'm excited to see it. Let's put it that way. Uh, this, this whole movie is just going to be fucking crazy. Uh, the, the cast of people that are going to be in it, you know. Um, to the fact that, you know, it's a fucking black bear who just eats a whole bag of coke and goes on a fucking roar, like a rampage. Like, this is 
and it's being produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller from the 21 Jump Street films. I'm excited for this movie. I'm I'm more excited to learn that it actually happened. Um, I was watching it, and then when I saw that pop up on the trailer, I was like, what? And I think Greg said like he knew about it or something, but I've never even heard of this story at all. So I'm... Um, I'm definitely intrigued by the trailer. Yeah, it's just and the, it's the events and the events that went down. I'm like, I'm like, I want to sit here and Google like how many people he actually killed. <laughs> I mean, obviously they 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 made this like more like satirical with the comedy and shit because like this. Yeah, and that's when you said that. Um, what movie did you say? Um. Yeah. I don't know. You talked about it being compared to something else or another movie that somebody. Um, I said the Twenty One Jump Street films. Yes, Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, and obviously when you think of them, you think comedy. Obviously, so oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see like, you know, how they make this movie humorous and stuff. I was surprised to see Carrie Russell in it. I haven't seen her in anything in a while, so. Yeah, I, she, I felt like she was kind of on a little roll about five, six years ago. Like she popped up in that Dawn of the Planet of the Apes sequel, and then she was on the Americans for you know a handful of years on FX. That was a pretty big show for a while. Right. Um, but then yeah, she just kind of went away. And I know she was in Justin's favorite movie, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, other oh, than. Fucking forgot she oh was yeah, even. that's right. I forgot she was in that too. Her character was so memorable. <laughs> I know, right? And you know, she had that minor role in Mission Impossible Three that I always remember. She had that fucking that bomb planted in her fucking neck that just goes off the last second. That's yeah, crazy scene for that movie. Craig used to watch her in Americans. Honestly, the last thing I remember seeing her in was that like Alien movie. Well, besides the, the Star Wars movie, but yeah. I remember her from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. How about that? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, kid I'm or kids? Sure. No, kid. The <laughs> sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That was a, that was uh, plural. The, the the kid was just singular because... It was just, you blew up the baby, right? It was just one baby. The other kids <laughs> were growing up in the second one. But, uh... Yeah, I'm head over heels for this. I'm head over heels to see a black bear do a whole bunch of cocaine and just do whatever the fuck he wants because he's a black bear high on cocaine. I want to know his how liberties, a... his rights, his freedoms, and he'll fucking do whatever. <laughs> I want to know how a... I want to know how a black bear is able to fucking keep up with a a, a runaway van, and then he <laughs> does that dive towards it at the end of the preview. I'm like, what the? His heart's fuck on is overdrive. That? <laughs> the best part about it is it probably ends with him just dropping dead. Yeah, but his heart should explode. <laughs> At what point does his heart not explode? Gush, you know. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. But yeah, February comes out, so not that long. Fucking, it's bears. It's cocaine. It's a party. No, right? It's going to be a party. That, they say that's a party. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those films you're going to go see open the weekend, and you're going to walk out collectively saying that was a movie. You know, I'll probably forget about it come this time next year. For the time, for the moment it comes out and we see it for that first time, it'll be fun. So. Now, this time next year is when I'll be watching it on Showtime. No, you'll be watching it on I'm Tubi, motherfucker. The <laughs> it'll be on Tubi for you. 
No, I'd like to see be it illegally downloading. I'd like to see it before it hits Tubi. I, I like. I, I'm curious to see it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And for like, I've never watched a movie that Elizabeth Banks has directed. Like, I think she did those Pitch Perfect movies and that Charlie's Angels movie, with none of which I've ever seen. But I really like her on Pressure Luck, the game show. So Jesus. I'm becoming an Elizabeth Banks <laughs> fan just strictly through Guess Your Luck. Right. And uh, so now I'm pulling for her. I'm like, oh, yeah, I hope the movie's good for her sake. I like her on there. So Yeah, she's now a big-time director, apparently. Um, yeah. Pitch Perfect movies, like the at least the second one I know she did. What else we got here? Pitch Perfect. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, Movie 43, Cocaine yeah. Bear. <laughs> Fucking Cocaine Bear. And she's also producing it, too. So, I, well, Movie 43 is an anthology film. I, I'm I, sure know, she directed. I know. But uh, it, it, like, there's like 10 different movies in that stupid-ass movie. But I remember when they first announced this, I want to say it was about a year, maybe two years ago. I want to say actually it was a couple years ago when I first heard about this movie being made. And I remember them saying that Elizabeth Banks was in like the final stages of like signing across the line to be the director. And I'm like, interesting. Okay. So, yeah. And, you know, like I said before, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller. I'm a fan of those Jump Street films. Not to mention, I'm, I'm a real big fan of the Lego movie. Just the first one, though. Not, not everything that came out after that. And they were behind that, of course. So, uh, yeah. Sign me up. Let's see, what, let's see what she's got, or what, rather what they've got. Alright. Now we can talk about Super Mario Brothers. Just like you. Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with a letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. Bowser is coming. Together, we are going to stop that monster. How? Look at us. We're adorable. Oh, I got this. No problem. <laughs> Begins now! Ah, get it out, get it out, get it out! There's a huge universe out there. With a lot of galaxies. They're all counting on us. Yeah, I didn't watch the first show. Apparently this is the second show. I didn't even bother with that first one. I will say this, this trailer touched my inner six-year-old Nintendo fanboy heart. Um, I got a little nostalgic, especially when we saw a bunch of, like, gags that only people that were, like, fans of, like, the, the parts three in Mario World would, would get. 
Uh, Andrew, I know you probably liked a bunch of this stuff that was in this trailer. Maybe you too, Jocelyn. Oh. Justin, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. The only thing I'm going to say, and I, this is pretty much everyone else's complaint too. I know it is. I can't get past Chris Pratt voicing Mario. I'm sorry. No matter how you try and spin it with the accent, like, uh, why did they have to do Chris Pratt? Like, it could have been anybody else, you know? He doesn't even sound like he's trying. He's just talking in his normal voice. Occasionally, he'll spit out, like, a little Mario-ism to sound like he's Italian all of a sudden. Like, even Char- I like Charlie Day. Don't get me wrong. Fucking love me some fucking Sony in Philadelphia. Charlie Day. Yeah, I, I think he's perfect for Luigi. For and sure. I was getting at that. Yes, like, I think he nails it as Luigi. It just works. And whoever the hell is voicing Toad, that sounded authentic, too. It works. Um, so... Keegan Michael Key. Okay. Correct. Well, yeah. He does a good job. And 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 you know what? I'm even going to say this. Jack Black is Koopa. I like it. But Chris Pratt He's though, No, 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 no. Jack Black is Bowser. Oh, sorry. Get get it right. Koopa. Yeah. Sorry. Bowser. See, my like 6-year-old heart like was so <laughs> excited to see Bowser. I'm I'm a big Bowser fan. So I thought King Koopa and Bowser were the same. Depends on what video game you're talking about, but sure. Bowser is the king of the Koopas. You call him King Koopa. Okay, sorry. Bowser, as I was saying. Uh, yeah, I, I, Chris Pratt there, I just can't. No. And I'm not even hating on Chris Pratt. It just... It, it, I, it, I, I was confused by the announcement of him voicing Mario from the word go. And it just doesn't sound right to me. Sorry. So did he not do the accent because it's considered offensive to Italians? Probably. Like, I'm not making Because he doesn't... Like, no, I, I know. He does it occasionally in the trailer throughout, but, like, it's not like he's not talking, like, in that accent, you know. I don't know. It... I'm not even Italian, so it's, it's, it's hard for me to even, you know, throw a fit about this. Like, who am I to fucking talk about, you know, authenticity and shit they're plumbers from New York <laughs> I'm kidding they're not from Brooklyn get it right I'm sure someone got angry with that you know I think the week this comes out we're gonna cover the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie on the podcast 30th anniversary too coming up oh yeah Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario, get these Mario's out of here! I don't hate that movie at all. No, honestly, I love that movie. I love that movie too. Sorry, that's what I'm, I'm not saying. Sorry. I had a great time watching it. Yes. Anyway, all right, we'll move on. Um, so just when we thought it was going to be a slow trailer a week, as soon as we wrapped recording the other day, we got a few more trailers that dropped on us that came out of nowhere. So. uh we're recording this, obviously, a couple days after we uh, recorded the initial episode, and I've got Andrew and Jocelyn with me, and um, we're going to talk about Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. I miss the desert. I miss the sea. I 
I miss waking up every morning. Wondering what wonderful adventure the new day will bring to us. Those days have come and gone. Perhaps. Perhaps not. I don't believe in magic. But a few times in my life... I've seen things. Things I can't explain. And I've come to believe it's not so much what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. I'm her godfather. Get back. Alright, so my initial reaction to this trailer, because again, I had no clue this was dropping so soon. Um Yeah, it looks like a fun Indiana Jones film, and it already looks like it's gonna be better than Crystal Skull. Um but I think we all can agree on that one. But, uh, no, honestly, uh, my one takeaway from this trailer is, man, Indiana Jones is really, like, modern-looking now. Like, it's, like, it looks nothing like the original trilogy, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of being obvious with this, but it's the, this was my initial reaction, you know? It's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, obvious CG backgrounds and just just completely it's indiana jones in the new modern era and it's just a lot of effects just just layered on there and uh as for the film itself it looks like it could be fun this was a basic you know minute teaser uh if you will there wasn't nothing like a full-length trailer but it was still enough to wet the beak and um it looks like it's gonna be fun i i do think that the uh the de-aging effects uh on indie looks good um that said it, it, i'm not quite sure you know what kind of villain we're gonna have in this movie but there's an obvious um nazi you know germany aesthetic going on in this movie um but that's my take uh looks like it could be fun just um you know we still got a ways to go and uh i think that i'm gonna personally kind of keep myself distant from everything else that they're going to be showing us in, in, in the months leading into this movie because I don't know about you guys I've said this before like I'm, I've been kind of like stopping with watching a lot of trailers and going to the movies as blind as I can because you know I've, we've said this so much on the show in the past like all these trailers now just pretty much give the whole film away you know that but all that said um jocelyn what'd you think of this indiana jones i'm excited for it um i mean obviously big harrison ford fan um i'm not like a huge indiana jones fan like i could sing yeah like i enjoy them um i've watched them a couple times but i'm not like i'm not like a diehard fan like greg's like a diehard fan i mean 
Okay. So he follows, you know, Harrison Ford with Star Wars and, and everything. I think he liked it. I, I, honestly, we didn't really talk about it. Gunner, I watched it with Gunner last night, and Gunner was like, oh, cool. Like, he was all excited about it. So, but... um, Has he ever seen any of the films before? Yes, he has. Yeah. Okay. So, and when we went to Disneyland, he rode the ride and everything, too, there. So... Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, cool. but... um. But I'm excited for it. I mean, I didn't realize that they actually did like de-aging on Harrison Ford because the whole time I was watching the trailer, I was like, Jesus Christ, Harrison Ford looks great. <laughs> like, that's all I kept Well, thinking. I know they did say that uh, the opening sequence, it's like the opening scene supposed to take place like 20 years before the rest of the film because the main plot takes place in 1969. Mm-hmm. And I believe the opening 20 minutes or whatever it is uh, takes place during World War One, So it's like in the 40s and they had to obviously make them younger. Yeah. World War One is so the all, the, all, all Huh? World War One is like 1910. You mean World War Two? World War Two. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, but no, it, it, that's, you know, that's why a lot of those scenes with him looking young, that's just taken from the first like 20 minutes. The rest of the film, you know, he's... I, I think he's still de-aged a bit throughout the movie but like not as much for the you know the 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 main plot uh it's also worth mentioning this is the first film not directed by steven spielberg um or george lucas they have not neither of them have anything to do with this movie they're just production credits it says story by george lucas based on i'm looking at the wedding credits right now george lucas and philip kaufman Based on characters, by oh, gotcha. that's well. Okay, that, that's yeah, what that, that makes is. sense. Um, yeah, this is uh, James Mangold is directing this movie, taking the reins. He directed 310 to Yuma, Copland, Girl Interrupted, Walk the Line, The Wolverine. Uh, more recently, he did Ford versus Ferrari, which I thought was really good. Took me, I that I sat on that film for the longest time when I finally sat down and watched it about a year after it came out. I was blown away at how good it was. So, um, yeah, like I said, he's taking the reins over and, um, looks fun. Andrew, what'd you think? Uh, Indiana Jones is definitely my favorite George Lucas experience. I mean, I understand that everybody loves their Star Wars and trust me, I like Star Wars too. I'm not a diehard fan, but I do thoroughly enjoy Star Wars, but Indiana Jones is the first thing I think of when I think of George Lucas. Uh, I'm a big history nerd, not to mention like Harrison Ford is just such a badass in all three of those films. And I'm one of the few people that had fun at least seeing Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. It's a terrible movie. I just want everybody to know right there on the table, it's a fucking god-awful movie. But I still had fun watching it in theaters and was wrapped up in it because I'm that big of a fan. So I know right off the bat, I'm going to fall in love with this movie. And the trailer itself has me so excited. Harrison Ford looks so fucking awesome in this film. And I'm so glad they're like... I don't know if they're doing time travel or what the situation is, whether it's like a story he's explaining or whatever, but like, I am super excited to see how this pans out. So, you know, a big, big fan of Indiana Jones. It's one of my favorite franchises, and I'm super excited to see this. I'm definitely excited to go see it in theaters as well, hopefully in IMAX. So, and James Mangold, by the way, is a fucking godsend as far as director goes. I love that dude in all of his movies, pretty much. So... The fact that he is directing it just I'm there. We're sold. We've been sold. All you had to say was James Mangold, <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um 
John Williams is back for the music. Um, you know, of course, Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy are producing. And yeah, looks fun. Um, it's it's it, it's Indiana Jones, so you love him or you hate him. Um, so yeah, that's that. And then on the second trailer that we were surprised uh, to see, at least I was, another one pretty early on, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We were gone for quite a while. But no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Hello, we come in peace. <laughs> come on, Drax. Seriously, dude? No, dude, no, no! Ow! <laughs> forget where we came from we have been running our whole lives Pete I'm done running Kill no people. Kill one guy, one stupid guy who no one loves. Now you're just making it sad. Jocelyn, I want to hear your thoughts on this first because I know you're the biggest Guardians fan. You were raving about it the other night when we were talking about um, what were we even talking about that you were talking about Guardians? It was literally in this podcast was. when we were talking about a. I know it was. Uh-oh. I know. But I, oh, we it's, I recommended it. Uh, comments, but. The holiday special. That's what it was. That's right. Thank yeah. you. Oh, okay. All right. So what'd you think of this? Uh, I'm here for it. I'm so excited. Like, it, May 5th couldn't get here any quicker. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I like I like the inclusion of Space Hog. Yeah, I really love that touch. That that was a really good option for the uh, you know, trailer song and everything. But um, e- Even though that trend of just taking modern music and making it all like trailer like i i don't know that sometimes it's just eye rolling but space hog worked this was different i like yeah, it but if, at least it wasn't like bowie or queen or something yeah in fact i think the last i think bowie and or queen was the guardians 2 music it might have been one of them at least the yeah, first or second yeah. which which i like um and now i'm wondering like is is volume three gonna be like 90s music you know what i mean because it kind of like follows like that genre or whatever but i mean it is stuff that is i don't know if it's like playlists like i knew like the first volume was the playlist that his mom made him but i don't know if like volume i can't remember if volume two was it might not have been there'll be i can't remember there'll be but anyway um 
I'm here for it. I love it. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, the humor in the trailer is definitely there. I mean, right off the bat, we come in peace, and then Drax throws the freaking ball like right at the, the little ball. alien girl. Yeah, the ball was great. <laughs> and then at the end of the trailer too, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill them all," and he's like, "Drax, you can." He's like, "I'm gonna kill some." I'm gonna kill one. One unlucky some new person. Now, he he says something along the lines of, we're gonna kill them all. And then he goes, no, we're not gonna kill anybody. We're gonna kill some people. We're not gonna kill anybody. I will kill one person that nobody cares about one no, or remembers. One, yeah, one unlucky loves, person. Something like that. <laughs> I watched that. I watched that part in particular like five or six times. I was fucking dying <laughs> laughing. It was so goddamn great. Yeah, my son like watched the trailer like four times. He's obsessed with Star-Lord and stuff. And I'm, I love Star-Lord. I love Yondu. Um, Star-Lord's story is hits me personally because it's very relatable to like you know my personal life losing my mom and my grandmom and stuff um, when we actually saw Guardians of the Galaxy I took Nola on Mother's Day uh, the second one and we came out of it and she was like she was like mommy Yondu's kind of like your or my mom was kind of like your Yondu and it like made me like lose my shit so I just I love this movie franchise like more than anything it's just great and i know that dave batista is not coming back and we see that scene in the trailer and i'm like i you know i know it's coming so and freaking baby rocket none of, them, none of them none of them are coming back i think this is it this is the end because at least for james gunn i mean this is his farewell to marvel because you know since this movie was made he's now become like the head of dc yeah i mean i don't think it's gonna division. be goodbye to the guardians completely though i think they're still gonna be like in other avengers I think this is the final stuff well i what i meant was like this is the last Guardians. oh for sure film. yeah i mean i think he already said that this was like the last guardians so but i think even marvel like they're not gonna you know find someone else to, to do a volume four i think this is it one trilogy right. to rule them and all and i'm fine with that and like i said i mean i've always said before too i'm not big on you know sequels after sequel after sequel after sequel but like i this this trilogy is just it's it's well i mean the first and second ones were just so freaking good like i hope that this you know is is as great as the first two movies and we can you know pretty much go out with a bang with this so but like i was saying Good but booth. um baby rocket come on guys i don't know baby rocket might win over everyone's heart more than baby Groot. yeah well <laughs> i know they're saying that baby rocket or they're saying rocket in general like this movie's like all about him yeah so it's all about like his like um what it like his backstory so yeah i i um as far as the the rest of the other two films go for me personally but they're both in my top 10 volume two is definitely in my top five um i'm a big fan of both the films this looks like it'll be no different um uh there's also you know we saw uh, a quick a quick blinking you'll miss it scene of uh um, uh, Adam Warlock. Oh yeah, played by Will Poulter. Mm-hmm. Um, looks good. Looks buff. And um, yeah, I'm excited. This is it's 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 gonna be fun. I'm, I'm a big Guardians fan, and yeah, Space Hog. It just the whole thing, and and that scene, that shot at the end with 
with uh, Peter and Groot firing their guns back to back, and then he's just yelling, "We are Groot!" Like, yeah, that that my, my heart kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's that was that was a great shot. It's definitely gonna be a wild ride for sure. Andrew, are you a big uh, Guardians fan? It's honestly, even though I love Spider-Man, <clears throat> I think Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite like franchise out of Marvel in particular. Yeah, like, I definitely well, like it more than. But Spider-Man is... You could get away with that, though, because Spider-Man is, like, Sony. So you could say, like... I mean, sure, but I'm, like, a diehard yeah. Spider-Man fan, <laughs> and I don't think they were bad films. I obviously love them, but I feel like they could have been such better. Right, yeah. So much better. So, um, But maybe that's just a personal bias, because I'm a diehard fan of Spider-Man. So, mm-hmm. well, did, but, did you see No Way Home? Oh, yeah. I went on theaters okay. probably, like, the first two days it was out. Okay, you did go in theaters. I didn't know if you went uh, in theaters yeah. or not to see me, it. Me and, uh, okay. me and Ryan Bond and uh, Mike actually went to go see it. It was literally like oh, within nice. 48 okay. hours of its release. So. But, um, okay, cool, cool, cool. And don't get me wrong, I like that film. It's just, again, like I expected so much more of that film. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I still thoroughly enjoyed it, but I don't think it was like way up there with the way it could have been. Yeah, but it's like... It's but like I guess how- we can't all be the bad that's what I was getting ready to say. It's just how like Batman fans, you know, different people are going to feel differently about those different franchises that came out sure, too. Sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We, we can't all be the Batman, but at the same time, it was a thoroughly enjoyable film, for sure. Um, I mentioned I love Benedict Cumberbatch, so the fact that he was in a whole Spider-Man film just <laughs> had me giddy the whole time. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for this. I was pretty emotional over it like this is obvious i I mean i agree with you i'm pretty sure this is gonna be like the last ride we had with them uh they even it uh one of them even says in the film this will probably be our last ride or whatever so i feel like they're kind of hinting toward that yeah yeah i mean i didn't obviously in the next avengers film but like that's this is gonna be it we're not gonna have another personal Guardians of the Galaxy film. So I'm excited to see how they end this on a personal level. I mean, personally, I didn't get emotional, but I did get excited for it. So, you know, I'm definitely going to be there opening weekend. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. One last ride. Um, so there's one more trailer that I'm going to talk about because I watched. I know you guys didn't watch this. In fact, I'm sure nobody watched this trailer. There was a third trailer that was released the other day as well, uh, during all these surprise drops, and that is Transformers Rise of the Beasts.
of all the threats from both your past and future. You've never faced anything like this. Let them come. And if you don't know, now you know. I heard about it, but I don't care about the Transformers movies, I'm not gonna lie, so I didn't watch it. Even if you told me to watch it, I probably would have said no. <laughs> okay, have the two of you seen Bumblebee? Uh, yes. I have not, but I heard very good things about it, but honestly, I, like, I never connected with the Transformers, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't watch it okay. after the fact, that's, that's, so like, you know what I mean? That's like, why I, it's the that's same why thing with I didn't say watch this trailer. Like, Sure. I mean, it's the same thing as like GI Joe. Like I just wasn't part of that generation, I guess. So I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it didn't speak to me. Yeah. That's why I didn't tell you to watch it. I watched it, and I'm going to talk about it. So I like Bumblebee a lot. I thought. I mean, then again, when it comes to these films, look, they got real, real fast, real repetitive. Um, I think the first Transformers film. I even rewatched it uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and I love it. I love the first Transformers film. Michael Bay's Transformers from 15 years ago is an incredible movie. Still holds up. Can't can't praise it enough. Revenge of the Fallen comes around. There was a writer's strike. And it, it goes even more than the writing. That movie's just too much. It's almost three hours long. There's too much going on. The writing's abysmal. It, it went from being my most anticipated sequel to like the worst sequel I've ever seen of all time like literally that's how much I detest that movie um in fact it came out in 09 what 13 years ago I've yet to watch it a second time so that's that then the third film comes around uh Dark of the Moon I had a blast seeing that I saw that in the theaters with my buddy Metz and um Free I do it I saw it in 3D it was great IMAX 3D it was just it's a fun movie. Um, but yeah, there's other two films. The Age of Extinction. I mean, Age of Extinction's okay. It's it's, it's much better than Revenge of the Fallen. But then again, that doesn't take much to achieve that. Um, but, and then the, the Last Night, or whatever it is, the, 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 that, that fifth one where they try bringing in like King Arthur and shit. Yeah, um, that's a big fat fucking no, my friend. I don't even know about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the fifth film. That was when you knew Michael Bay was out of ideas, and that's why he hasn't held the film since that, or at least Transformers-wise. Um, but then they did Bumblebee, which was kind of like a soft reboot. I mean, it's not a reboot. It's like a prequel to this franchise. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. John Cena, of course, a bunch of other actors were uh, made an appearance, um, and it was fun. It was good. And now this comes along, and this is like just Bumblebee took place in the '80s. This takes place in the mid '90s. I think 1994. I read somewhere this is when this film takes place. 
But the gang's all here. Optimus, Bumblebee, uh, all the Transformers. And then we have the, um, what are they called? Like the, the Beast, the Beast Bots. I don't know what they're called exactly. Um, because I, I never like grew up watching Transformers, but they're they're the beasts, the beast machines. They're not Thundercats now. They're, they're, they're I don't know <laughs> what the they're called. Um, it's like oh here we go, Maximals, Predacons, and Terracon, Terracons. So anyway, um, directed by Steve Cappell Jr. Stephen Cappell Jr. who directed uh the um. The last Creed film, Creed Two. So they're doing the whole. They're, they're they're keeping with the you know new and upcoming directors helming these films now instead of fucking Michael Bay. But um, yeah, and it uses Notorious B.I.G.'s Juicy, which I dug throughout the trailer. Um, and it just looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, it looks like there's gonna be a lot of action, but there's okay. There's a there's action and then there's Michael Bay action. And Michael Bay's action, it's like you know how his action is. His stuff is like extreme close-ups followed by cuts every like millisecond. There's a different cut. This looks like it's just pulled back, scaled to like you know bigger is better, and it, we're just gonna have like these great epic battles from the, the looks of this trailer, and um. Yeah, that comes out sometime next year. Um, let me see here. June 9th is when it comes out. So yeah, I personally will be on there, uh, on board to see this movie. Um, looks like it has some potential to be a, a blast, kind of like Bumblebee was. And uh, yeah, that's it. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Alright, one more thing before uh, we get out of here while I've got you all on here. Um, so last month on our good friend josh his podcast your next favorite movie he had all of us on there each week for film effect vember and it started with myself and him talking about blair witch project that was actually that that that, that episode actually dropped the last week of october coinciding with our episode during the ho- the halloween harathon of of course the blair witch project and then he had jocelyn andrew justin and Corey. But, unfortunately, I couldn't get Corey and Justin on here. But, I know they're both thankful. They both, you know, had a blast. Um, nothing but great things to say. They wish they could have joined us to personally, um, you know, talk about their episode and, and thank Josh. But, um, I've kind of already talked about my experience with them. Uh, me and Corey kind of talked about it a little bit during our Blair Witch, uh, Blair Witch episode. But, uh... You know, it was a blast. Every time I'm on Josh's show, I have a good time. And, um, you know, it's funny because it's only like his episodes are only like 20 to 20 minutes to a half hour. So every time we record, it's over before it even started. And I wish we had some more time to talk. So um, it always just feels like the conversation once we get going, it's it's like time to wrap. But, you know, that's his format. And like I said, I love it. I respect it. It's it's something unique. And he just fucking does it. He does his thing. And it it, it works. So, um, I had a blast. Jocelyn, let, um, let's talk about you and your, your, your experience, your episode. So, you were on there talking about Shaun of the Dead. So, just share your experience or, or you know, everything. Just 
the floor is yours. Talk about your time on, on his show. Oh, I, th- I thought it was a blast. We had fun. I think we talked more before and after before b- besides the even episode. So we were sitting there because I, I know he has small kids too. So we were talking about like our kids and stuff and you know, yeah. him and Greg both work nights. So we're talking about life with the, you know, crazy work schedules and everything, but he was so easy to talk to. I'm, I'm like a hardcore introvert. So it was like making me really nervous to even do the podcast especially because i have the support of all of you guys on this podcast so it's not like you know all eyes on me so but um yeah you didn't have us there for no that. i didn't you were just on your own. <laughs> i was like i had to you know use my own backbone and everything for it so but um but no he he was great um it, he made it so comfortable to talk about and you know do the podcast episode and everything and and I enjoyed it. Um, I loved sitting down and talking about Shaun of the Dead for, you know, what was it like 20 minutes? But um, mm-hmm. it was great. It was fun. And I'm very appreciative that he had us on there. And I'm already looking forward to us, you know, all coming back in the future, hopefully. Yeah, no doubt. Same here. And I feel bad because I've, I've messaged him and texted him a, a handful of times over the last month or two trying to get him back on for something else like to just just uh see if he can join us for an episode of fewer cast or maybe like we're covering a film that i know he likes and i'm like hey we're about to record this you want to jump on it's like you can't do it he's either too tied up or he's working because like you said he works nights yeah and uh right now he's just burnt out and i i get it you know he's just taking some time away Life happens. i know when his <laughs> yeah i mean i know when his podcast he has a couple of people that um when he's unavailable to do it uh you know to fill in an episode because he records so far in advance yeah um if he doesn't if he doesn't have anything to, to drop that tuesday i know he's got a couple of people that kind of take over the reins and do Kind of like what me and Corey do on the main feed and, and do a deep dive rather than just a 20-minute conversation and asking questions about a particular film. He's got a couple people that jump on when he can't make it, and they actually do a deep dive for him. So yeah. he's always got his ground covered. I have nothing but respect in, in, in that logic. Um, and, and yeah, it, like it, it, in, in case you haven't heard, your next favorite movie is the show we're talking about. And I implore you to please go check it out. Give uh, Josh your support because uh, he definitely deserves it. Now, Andrew, I'm going to shift things over to you. I know you talked about Blow, previous episode on our show. Um, how was your experience and everything? Talk about your time uh, with my Josh. Experience, <clears throat> my experience is wonderful. I mean, Josh was definitely like a swell guy. And even as we got setting up for Blow, like we just bullshitted around about just real life type stuff and you know about how he works nights and all that kind of stuff and kind of got to know each other a little bit so he's definitely like made the scenery comfortable so and and i respect the hustle of the fact that it's only like 15 20 minutes or whatever have you i mean it's a, you know it's short increments it's short simple sweet to the point you know that's how you get a lot of like youtube videos or whatever have you so it's not like a long formatted podcast but at the same time right. i mean you know he's he seemed like he knew his shit. He seemed like he was dedicated to his craft and speaking out to his audience. And I feel like that's what I also respected a whole lot. So, and I always see him on Twitter. Like, 
you know, tweeting out or, or retweeting and stuff like that. And like, I don't, like I said to everybody, like, I don't really get on Twitter too, too much unless I'm like just reading through news. Ironically enough, I use Twitter more than anything, but it's just to read news. I don't really read other people's tweets. But when I'm looking at, you know, like some of the people that I follow, like he's usually up there like tweeting and whatnot. So point being is like, I respect his hustle. I definitely respect his format and I had a blast doing it. He was a very comfortable dude to do it with. And I, I love talking about blow. So glad that I could do it again. And anytime he needs me to like help him out with anything, like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, he seemed like a small mm-hmm. guy to do a podcast with. So, and I like talking about movies that I particularly am interested in. So. Yeah. And I honestly, That's I great. love I love his format because I that's what him and I talked about too because like I I when I found out about his show I started like basically binging it while I was working and I love yeah. it made my work day go by so quick because I had so much to binge and it was like you know it was like quick it was like quick episodes so it mm-hmm. felt like it was like the day was going by quicker and stuff but I, I loved it and and not just our, like our episodes like his other episodes are great like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'm the jaws one is probably one of my favorites but uh <laughs> the girl he had on there you know talking about all the details and everything it was it was pretty cool but um but yeah he has interesting guests and they're very educated with their movies and stuff too so it's it's fun it's a lot of fun to listen to it's like i said it's like the you would think it's the most obvious format that you would think so many people are doing, but no, it's it's him doing it really. It's so original. It's it's like so obvious, but original. And it, he's got a good goddamn thing going with that show. I'll give him that, Josh. Josh, 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 man, you are one of a kind. We fucking love you to death over here at Film Effect. Um, what we gonna say, Andrew? Like it's interesting. It's interesting because. I watch a lot of YouTube, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but it's like the people that I'm familiar with. So when I listen to Josh's, it's, you know, I wasn't familiar with Josh until we recorded the podcast, and now I'm more familiar with him and, and a lot of his guests. So I like hearing other opinions of, of people that aren't necessarily as big or whatever. It's kind of like more of an open-minded conversation, so. Right. Uh, so one more thing. Um, he did send me... Uh, in case we were curious of how our episodes did compared to other to everyone else, um, between the five of us, of course. Um, now he didn't give me actual download numbers, but he did say there were only five downloads separating the top from the bottom. So the top two episodes from the month, uh, Justin's episode, which was the Last Dragon. I should mention that Justin and him did Last Dragon. And him and Corey did RoboCop. Another previous episode. So, Last Dragon and Shaun of the Dead were tied. They had the most downloads last month. And then it was Andrew's episode tied with Corey. With, um, you know, for, for third place. And then me at the bottom. Blue Ridge. But again, only five episodes. I mean, five downloads separated the top from the bottom. So... You know, we were all pretty much neck and neck with with downloads. So there's really no losers in this. You know, it just feels like we all won this uh, competition because we were all so close. So it's not even relevant who did the you know number one, two, three, four, five. 
if we were that close, you know, if he's saying that only five downloads separated the top from the bottom, then, you know, there's no competition. We all, we all won this one. Um, and yeah, uh, just Josh, thank you again. I know you listen, so I know you're going to hear this, uh, from the bottom of my heart, Corey's, Justin's, Jocelyn's, and Andrew's. I'm speaking collectively for all of us here at the Film Effect. Thank you. Weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? All right, I'm going to go last. I want to hear someone else talk. Um, Andrew, go. Do your thing. Not, not me. You know me. I got to go off the cuff. <laughs> Let Justin else go, go first. <laughs> I'm gonna. Re- I've seen a lot of good stuff recently, uh, but I'm gonna. The one I'm gonna recommend is uh, probably not very well known, um, but it's well worth seeking out. It's a movie from I want to say '81. Walter Hill directed. It's called Southern Comfort. It's yeah. um yeah. It's got Keith Carradine, Powers Booth, Fred Ward. Um, you know, so it's a good cast. Uh, Brian James and it's about uh, this regiment this uh, National Guard regiment that's going on a training mission in uh, the in Louisiana in the swamps um, it's like set in 1973 I think so like during Vietnam and um, so these guys go into the swamps and they have weapons with them but the weapons are all filled with blanks um, so they go in and they run afoul of these these uh, these group of Cajun hunters who live in the swamps, and the, the Cajuns end up shooting one of the National Guardsmen, and it sets off this whole sort of cat and mouse thing where these Cajun guys are hunting down these guardsmen in the swamps throughout, the, you know, picking them off. It's like ten little Indians are picking them off one by one through the rest of the movie. Um, it's super. It's just very well made. Um, if you're a Walter Hill fan, it's kind of like a forgotten Walter Hill movie, so it's worth a look for that. You know, it's got his his violence in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Seek it out. It, I watched it on Tubi. I've seen it before a bunch of times, but it's on Tubi. I know now, it's on so. YouTube this month as well. Is it? Yeah, I mean, anywhere you can stream it for free. It, it's well, it's like an hour and forty minutes. It's worth your time. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Jocelyn, what do you got? Okay, my weekly recommendation is going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I had a feeling you were going to recommend that this week. I saw you post on Twitter yeah. about it. I'm a I sucker for... I haven't watched it yet. I didn't even know like, it was out yet. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is like the first and second one are by far like my favorite Marvel movies like ever. I love them. Um, and my son, Gunner, is like, he's been obsessed with them. So it's something that me and him share together watching these things so we watched it this weekend and then he made me watch it again today um but it's great the music is awesome it's got um i think it's like the old 97s is the oh yeah yeah they, so they're in there dressed up as like you know they have like the they look like they're aliens uh-huh. on the planet that they're on and um you know you just learn some new things uh that's going on after you know like post um volume two end game yeah 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 so it's good it's it's really heartwarming there is kevin bacon um, 
yeah kevin bacon's in it the music's great um the music's just great gunner's already asked me to like add a couple of songs to our christmas playlist on spotify so <laughs> how long is it <laughs> it's only like 45 minutes long it's not very long at all so. well i didn't know if it was like a 20 minute special or something or or, or it was a full-length movie or what they were doing with it so 45 minutes okay it's not bad yeah i mean i wasn't sure going into it either i you know when it right. came out you know we were starting to watch it and we're like do we have time for this right now <laughs> we're like oh yeah it's only 45 minutes so but um, but it's good. Um, Yondu is like my favorite character from, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Besides Peter Quill, and he comes back for like a little, uh, little flashback. So it's good. It's really good. I cried because those Guardians of the Galaxy movies always tug at my heartstrings. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you have time, go watch it. It's holiday season good little christmas special especially if you're a marvel fan i will be watching it because i am a very big fan of the guardians of the galaxy as well so how old is groot in this by the way he is i that's what we were actually talking about when we were watching it is he still we're a like, teenager or what is he no now? I, I would say like maybe 20s early 20s that's that's i mean if you had to ask me up. what age a tree was um that's about what i would say how old he is i miss baby so, group that's all yeah and it's 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 really good too because like drax and mantis are like they're the main characters in this so obviously yeah, I, there's I, a I lot figured, of humor all i've seen are them too and all the public you know publicity shit that's all i've seen it's just mantis and uh drax yeah yeah so it's got a lot of that you know between this and the new Weird, Knives Out humor. film, I've been seeing a lot of David Batista popping up. So, oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, did you James Gunn have anything to do with it? What? Yeah, it, it was. It's him. Yeah, he he. Um, it. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure he wrote and directed the the whole thing. So, so James Gunn, yeah, it's he's involved. his baby. Yeah, it's yeah. his. He did it. Anyway, yeah. Andrew, you ready? Uh, your thing do your thing do the thing yes there's the a, thing. a a few things i want to talk about though uh number one i don't think i ever said anything about super mario brothers movie so i don't know if you want me to talk about it and then edit it in yeah i won't be doing that but please proceed anyway but i did have a couple of things i want to talk about oh now you want to talk okay go on anyhow so I was super duper excited by the Super Mario Brothers trailer. I was not excited by the teaser trailer at all, but I thoroughly enjoyed this trailer. I watched it like two or three times. In fact, I even showed like a couple of people at work. It's like, Mario I don't Kart. know what it is. I don't know what it is, but that trailer just got me. It really made me feel like I was a kid again watching it. And I can't imagine how much this film is going to like just captivate me. And when they showed them off the Mario card, like, dude, I was in. I was literally like jumping out of my skin like this is going to be so fucking awesome. It's a complete homage to everything that Shigeru Miyamoto made back in like, you know, what, 1981 with Donkey Kong and has obviously moved forward since then. But like even that beginning scene with like Mario versus Donkey Kong, they don't explain why. But it looks very Super Smash Brothers esque, so it makes me believe that they are gonna add like a shit ton of shit. Nintendo properties into this. And like, dude, I can't wait! I'm so fucking excited for this film. I'm gonna be there, hundred percent front and center. He just knocks Mario down, just wailing on him. That's funny as shit, <laughs> dude. It's fucking great. 
So I'm I'm super excited, especially like you were saying, like the callbacks to Mario Brothers Three, <laughs> how he like jumps on the platform. And the just platform falls. that had me. The platform guy had me geeking. Just everything about it. Just I I haven't nerded out to a fucking trailer go movie in a very long time, but that one just got me. Loved it. So cool. All right. So the other thing I want to talk about, uh, this will lead into my recommendations. So shout out to my cousin Kyle, who watches this podcast or listens to the podcast. And he, me and him were talking earlier on this week through a text message or whatever. And he was telling me about how he loves my random movies that I've never seen. So shout out to Kyle. This one's for you, buddy. My uh, movie this week that I'm going to recommend is Gnome Alone. I'm sorry, right? what? Came out Gnome Alone. That's G-N-O-M-E, Alone. Gnome Alone. So, yeah, it's got uh, no reviews on Tomato Meter here <laughs> on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the audience. Mm, those are the best. Which says fewer than 50, which um, could be good, could be bad, but it's 35%, so it's indefinitely bad. You can watch it on you can watch it on Voodoo and Prime Video, apparently, right? It's an hour and a half, so it's a full-blown movie. When Zoe is given an amulet by a dying old woman, one by one, her enemies are killed by a gnome. When she figures <laughs> out what is happening, she tries to stop it before it starts killing her loved ones. Could you imagine? Could no. Could you imagine? Can't imagine. I can't. And I'll never going to see it. Uh, so. Vern Vern Troyer is the gnome. Oh, of course he is. Of rest in peace. Rest in rest. Rest in peace. That's and, right. Uh, rip, rip. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I literally don't know anybody else that's in this fucking movie, especially Zoe. So, <laughs> got no fucking idea. So, what are you um, actually going to recommend? My actual recommendation this week is Tropic Thunder. Because I watched Tropic <laughs> Thunder earlier on this week. Fucking first of all, like I forget how hard Ben Stiller makes me laugh when he's on his shit. Like Ben Stiller used to be just one of the funniest dudes in all of Hollywood. And I'll give a shout out to the Ben Stiller show. The Ben Stiller show itself is fucking great. I own the Ben Stiller show. It's only like it's only like twelve or thirteen episodes. It's It's one season. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But um, so yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, basically. Uh, they're trying to shoot a war film, so in order to get a real aesthetic, they drop them into an actual war zone, and it's just a bunch of fucking, like, I don't even know what they meant for the war film to be, but everything is just, like, a knee slapper. RDJ does blackface, and, and it works. <laughs> uh, you brought it up, but yes, that's, like, one of the funniest aspects of the film, for sure. Um, that and Jack Black being, like, a, a I guess a gay heroin addict or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about, <laughs> I the forgot heroin about that. Dude, everybody <laughs> in that movie. I will movie, suck your dick if you let me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll suck all the dicks. Um, dude, that every everybody in that movie works. Even the fucking Tom Cruise cameo. It's everybody is just fucking. This is like doing Tom Cruise cameo is fantastic, dude. He said, "I want you to step back and totally fuck your own face. Literally fuck yourself in the face." Yeah. Um, and Nick Nolte's in it too. Like it's just like looking at this cast. Like I can't Nick believe Nolte, how many fucking actors. Danny McBride, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I got the TiVo. Uh, that's one Dude, of the funniest great. scenes in the movie too, when he fucking randomly runs out in the jungle with the fucking TiVo box in his hand. Hey, I got the TiVo. It's like where the fuck did he come from? But yeah, it just works. That whole movie, it's it's great. I love it. It's a little little long, but I still you know. Enjoy it for the most part. Sure. Um, 
Yeah, I'm actually going to go ahead and recommend A Christmas Story Christmas. I don't give a fuck. I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> it looked fantastic, honestly. It, it, it felt like a legit sequel to the 83 classic. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know, I'm not understanding still fully why they had to recast the mother and bring in Julie Haggerty, but, you know, I like her, even though her character is pretty much the same in every movie she does. Um, you know, I guess it worked for Rafi's mother in this. I liked how they kept it, you know, it wasn't modernized. It, it, it was like, yeah, the, the real Ralphie and all that are, is grown up and, I like how they even got his brother Randy to come back and even though he doesn't really act, you know, he pops up in a couple of moments. But um it, and and it it overall just felt like a legit sequel. It didn't feel out of place or, or forced or I don't know, it just felt like it was like legit, you know, everything it was right. Everything was right and it it you know, it felt like a Christmas story. It it was, you know, wholeheartedly a Christmas story sequel, a worthy one at that, that uh, I really enjoyed. So, it's on HBO Max. Check it out. By now, I'm sure most people listening have already. But if you haven't and you're on the fence, I'd be, let me be the one to say, jump off that fence and check it out. It's good. It is really good. So, all right, well, now that we've got all of our recommendations out of the way, let's do some pickums. All right, week 14, 13, what are we at? Where are we at? Week 13? You guys want some scores? I want to hear some scores. I want to know how fucking badly I'm doing. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm getting a little scared. You guys are catching up a little bit, so <laughs> you're like right behind me. So, um, so I'm in first. I have 110. Right. And then keep Justin picking them has, ravens. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Justin has 97. Corey is next with 96. Okay. Andrew has 93, and Ed, you have 89. All right, eighty nine. That's a good year. So I mean, it, I feel like like the the gap is starting to close up a little bit. It's still you know anyone's I mean? game, and we still have like six weeks right. left. So you know, yeah, I think like you, you, Andrew, and Corey all had like nine correct last week. Like all three of you. That sounds so, legit. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a jump. So, all right. Uh, let's do the first game, of course, Thursday night. We're looking at, well, by this point of the episode dropping, this game would have already aired. So we got Bills at the Patriots. And call me crazy, but I'm going with the Patriots for this one. I just don't like the the, the downside. The, the, I don't know. I just feel like the Bills have just been going downward in a downward projection and... and I, it's it's in New England on a Thursday night. Bills haven't really been the best team. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the Patriots have always kicked the Bills' ass. Like they've always had their number. So uh, this this game's no different. I'm going Patriots. I'm probably the only okay. person to pick in Patriots, but whatever. 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going Bills with this one. I'm going Bills. All right. I'm going Patriots for all the reasons you said, and I'm a Bills fan, um, but I don't know. Josh Allen, there's something going on with him. Yeah. He's not 100%, and uh, uh, the Patriots are they're heating up a little bit. They are. They're, they're, yeah, they're kind of flying under the radar, but... Um, and I just yeah. don't, I don't like it, the fact that it's in, you know, New England. It's, right. it's, it's just, I don't know. That home crowd on a Thursday night, I feel really bad for Josh Allen and company. So, all right. Well, then we got next up the Packers taking a trip to Chi-Town to play the Bears. Now, I'm going Bears only because of the fact that I don't think Allen, or Allen, listen to me. I don't think that Rodgers is playing. I know Rodgers pretty much owns Chicago, but I don't think he's playing. So... If he's not playing, and if it's Jordan Love starting on Sunday, then I've got the Bears winning this one. A little Chi-Town showdown. But if Rodgers happens to play, then I would pick the Packers. But overall, I'm not changing my answer. I'm still going Bears on this one. So that's my answer. That's my pick for this game. Well, I'm right there with you. I'm going Bears, too. Oh. Another one I thought would be a lone wolf one. Guess not. I think Rodgers will be out, but I tell you what, I still think Packers will win. I'm going Bears, and I think they would have won even if Rodgers was playing. Rodgers has just been shit this year, so. True. Yeah, I think Rodgers has been terrible this year, and I think his backup could at least do something. So what you guys are saying is he's not going to win the MVP award a third season in a row? No, not this time. (laughs) Okay. If he actually wanted to play football, maybe. All right. Let's talk about Steelers going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Um, Yeah, I don't care how good they looked on Monday night. I'm still picking the Falcons for this one for the same reasons I'm really picking Patriots and the Bears. It's a home thing. Um, And Pittsburgh fucking sucks. The Falcons aren't much better, but they've been overall better than Pittsburgh, in my opinion. So... Why not? Roll with the Falcons on this one. And I am going Steelers on this one. As much as I hate to say it, I'm going Steelers. I'm going Falcons. I'm going Steelers. Sorry. I'm going Steelers. They're both bad teams, but I don't know. For some reason, I, I can see the Steelers winning this one. That's all right. All right. Next game is New York Jets at the Vikings. Um, yeah, I don't care if the Vikings are not into. The Jets are on a fucking roll and they're legit this season. And I think that Mike White's a pretty good quarterback. I don't know if you guys saw his... Uh, that's, I don't know if you saw the tape, but uh, he made a couple plays. And uh, made a couple plays to some people that I had bounced on my fantasy team. So I'm not too happy about that. <laughs> I was starting in this week. Let's just put it that way. And I'm going with the Jets for this game. Um, and I'm going with the Vikings. I would go with the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> who, who do you want to win? The goddamn Jets? Dustin, who you got? 
Um, Jets have been surprisingly good this year, but I'm going Vikings. What if I told you Joe Flacco was starting for the Jets? <laughs> go Vikings three times. <laughs> wow. All right, next game, Jaguars at the Lions. Um, yeah, and this is another one where it's like, Jesus. Um, you know, I believe in Jacksonville a little bit, but I believe in the Lions more at home, and I think Ford Field, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's I, Again, it's a home thing. Lions over the Jags for this one, plus the Lions, you know. Amon Ross St. Brown, and, and, and I, I, I feel like uh, Swift's been making some plays lately, even though he started off pretty hot this season, then he kind of went down and started to suck a little bit, but nah, started, I feel like he started off, you know, Swift's starting to pick back up, so we'll see. I don't know, still hit their quarterback, but I got the lines for this game. And I'm going Jaguars this game. I'm going to go Jags. I'm going to go Lions. Jaguars feeling good coming off of that victory against the Ravens, I'm sure, but they're losers, so they won't be able to maintain it. Lions are going to take advantage of that. Well, another reason I forgot to mention uh, was that the Jaguars suck on the road. You know, their big wins have been home games this year, so when when they go on the road, they're not the best. So that's, that's another reason why I picked the Detroit Lions to win that one. All right, next up, Titans and Eagles. Or t- rather, Titans at Eagles at the link. Um, yeah, this this get this over with. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Eagles. 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 All right. Fuck them Titans. Browns at the Texans. Jesus Christ. I don't know which teams. <laughs> it's like... Shit and shit, Christ. Um, now I should also mention that this is uh, that fuckwad Deshaun Watson's, you know, first game after his 11 game suspension. So yeah, what a what a fucking appropriate game for him to return to. I heard something like when the, the lawyers were gonna bring a couple of his accusers to the game. Like why? There's like ten of them. And yeah, apparently this lawyer is bringing them to this game. Like. I get it. I'm not going to really comment on the matter because it's not my place, but I'll just say this much. The Cleveland Browns are a lot more than just Deshaun Watson. There's 52 other motherfuckers who play for that team. So, you know, let's, 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 let's pump the brakes a little bit, you know? Anyway, that being said, I got the Browns winning this because I do have, I, I have no faith in the Texans. Um. So yeah, Browns. I'm going Browns just because the Texans are shit this year. Oh, they are so fucking bad. I'm going Browns, even though Deshaun Watson's a piece of shit. Yeah, Browns. All right, now we got that out of the way. Commanders at the Giants. Um. Yeah, Giants. I don't know what happened with them. They started off pretty good then they got exposed because they started playing good teams and they fucking suck and they realized oh Daniel Jones uh commanders I, I, I got a feeling about the commanders this season I don't know what it is but uh 
I don't know, maybe it's the lingering fact that Dan Snyder is no longer going to be the owner for them anymore. Uh, they're playing some good football, that's all. Um, and I am going Giants this game. Any reason why? Uh, not a big, <laughs> not a big Commanders fan, and Giants are home, right. so I'm picking home home team advantage for that. All right, I'm gonna go Giants because the Commanders haven't done anything that makes me think otherwise, and the Giants have been pretty all right this year. The Commanders have won the last like four games or something like that. Yeah, good. Commanders. Commanders have been playing some decent football, which is why I'm going Commanders. Justin's smart. He knows what's up. All right, Broncos at the Ravens. Oh, my God. I'm I'm so pissed off right now at that motherfucker, Russell Wilson, okay? Because of his inability to play good football, we just got to flex out of fucking primetime next week, referring to the Chiefs. Fucking... Not happy about that, but whatever. So, um, because of that, and the reason that, and 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 many more, many more reasons, I'm not going to get into because I don't have enough time in this podcast to talk about how shitty of a player Russell Wilson is. I'm going Ravens for this. All right, and I'm going Ravens because that's who I root for. <laughs> Look, the Denver Broncos are like legit the worst team in the NFL. I said it. Fucking said it. There. I'm going the Ravens. They're not going to lose back to back like that. Yeah, uh, the Broncos are very bad, but the Ravens have proven they're not afraid to lose to a bad That's, team. Yeah, um, I was going to say, Jesus. <laughs> but I'm still going Ravens for basically the reason Andrew said. I, I don't think they blow two back to back. I think it'll be close, though. I think Russell will make at least a, a comeback, and then they'll, I mean, they'll Ravens have barely like win in the second quarter. Except for what was what one game they exploded in the second quarter, like two weeks ago. I forget who they were playing. Three but. of their four losses, they were like projected to win in the fourth quarter by like ninety percent or something like that. Like they had the yep. ESPN stat, like one of the guys in the ringer did some math and basically like. Basically, everything that the Ravens have done in these four losses, like it was like a point zero eight percent chance of it. You know, that was the, that was like the probability of the everything happening that has happened for the Ravens. It's like yeah, point, the point zero eight percent. Yeah, they especially in the fourth quarter, they've just shit the bed recently. So they they got to turn that around. Like, the Baltimore Ravens have been quite the anomaly to watch lately. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Alright, next up, uh, did we all make our picks? Did we all see Ravens for that? Yeah. Alright, uh, next up, Dolphins and 49ers. Yeah, two good teams. This is actually um, one of two games that I really had a hard time picking. Um, but I think the Dolphins are going to pull this one up. I think the Dolphins have got the Niners number. So I'm going Dolphins. They're playing some good football. And I am going 49ers. I'm going to go 49ers as well. I mean, Dolphins have been playing great football, but 49ers have been pretty impressive themselves. Yeah, they have been. 
Yeah, I'm getting nervous because I'm no- noticing, Ed, that you and I are agreeing a lot, and you're in last place, so I'm not going to make up any <laughs> ground on Jocelyn if, um, <laughs> if history holds true, but I'm going Dolphins. Going with you on this one. All right. Stick with me, pal. I'll show you the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Seahawks and Rams. Rams are the second worst team in the NFL. There, I said it. Seahawks. Um, sorry, I'm trying to look at my list here. Yeah, I'm going Seahawks too. I'm gonna go Rams. Fuck it. You are literally rolling a dice right now on that one, my friend. <laughs> Damn right. I'm kind of feeling the way Andrew is, but I'm going to still go Seahawks. But I was very tempted to go Rams. I don't even think the Rams have a starting quarterback right now. So. Don't matter. <laughs> All right. Fuck it. Roll that dice. Next game Chargers at the Raiders. I mean, whatever. Uh, this is a coin flip. Raiders. That's who I came to. Um, I'm going Chargers. I'm going the Chargers, yeah. Yeah, I'm going Chargers. Damn, I'm a little wolf in this one. Oh! <laughs> They're going to win. Alright, next up. This was the other game I had a hard time picking. Chiefs at the Bengals. Yeah, I don't like the fact that I, I have I still have nightmares over that game last year in the championship. Um, Joe Burrow has a way of starting off the season quite terribly, and then somehow in the last like quarter of the season he becomes good, and we're getting to be around that point of the season where him and his team become good again. And I don't know. I just I don't know. I'm picking the Chiefs, though. I know that much. Because I think... I, I, I just can't see Mahomes, you know, giving anybody any reason to doubt his MVP status currently. Uh, and I don't think that he's going to allow his team to lose that to the Bengals twice. So, I'm going, I'm, going to the, I'm going with the Chiefs because I bleed red and yellow. That's why. I also feel like you should stick with your team. Yep. I, I think I've picked the Ravens a bunch of times, even though I knew that there was probably no hope. But oh, I had um, I had the Bengals circled earlier, but then I I stopped. I, <laughs> I changed my mind. So <laughs> um, gotta go with your heart instead of your gut. Yep. Right? Um, I'm going Chiefs as well. Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs. I don't, I don't even think it's going to be close. I think they're going to beat up on the Bengals. I hope. I fucking hope. All right. Two more games. First up, Colts at the Cowboys. As much as I want to go with the Colts on this one because, I don't know. Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, baby. one and two right now. It's not looking so hot for Jeff. So, uh, but no, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. So I got the Cowboys going on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys are so good right now. Yeah, I'm definitely going Cowboys too. Cowboys. Cowboys. And finally, we got the Saints at the Bucks. 
Andrew, I want to pick your team so bad, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> I fucking can't. Because I can't fucking stand Andy Dalton. I don't know what the hell they're doing with their tight end. And, and Kamara has just been shitting about all season long. And I would know because I have him on two of my fantasy teams. Fuck that guy. Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, I'm going Buccaneers too. I'm picking the Saints. <laughs> the Buccaneers Buc- suck this year. Yeah, they're not good, but they're not. Think... They're not just not good. They're terrible. Dustin, yeah. <laughs> you pick? Yeah, yeah, Buc- uh, I didn't hear you. All right, and that's it. Those are our picks for a week. What is it? Thirteen, fourteen. What week is it? We yeah, week thirteen. What fucking week is it? <laughs> week thirteen. That's be the theme song for this segment. What fucking week <laughs> is it? Alright, well unfortunately we've reached the point of the show where we say goodbye. But don't you worry, because you can still check out our never running catalog of film effect content. Whether it's on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Podbean, Breaker, Stitcher, or you can just make things simple. And simply set your default or your current platform that you're listening to right now as your default platform for future episodes. Continue to stay in the know by following us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok, but to be honest, we just use Facebook and Twitter. Leave those five-star ratings and positive reviews on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook, or wherever you listen that allows you to leave ratings and reviews. Starting next week, as revealed on Twitter recently, we'll be ending... 2022 with a December that's chock full of episodes for films I'm surprised we still haven't covered yet we got John Carpenter's Escape from New York dropping this coming Tuesday and I know December will also include deep dives on both Gremlins films from Joe Dante Walter Hill's Streets of Fire Barry Levinson's Bandits with Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton that, that's all you Jocelyn you and, you and Greg who will also be joining us for that episode we're covering 1999's Go on Christmas Eve, and finally we'll be dropping our Snowpiercer episode just in time for New Year's. Look out for special editions of Furycast dropping throughout December. I know one episode will be our year in review, while another will be our uh, Film Effect Top 5. We can determine that collectively. All in all, it's going to be a good time, so there's no reason for you not to listen. You're going to like what you hear. Scout's honor. And that's a fact, Jack. Once again, I want to thank my colleagues for everything they do, and I want to thank all of our listeners for their time. And until next time, I'm Ed. I'm Jocelyn. I'm Andrew. I'm Justin. That's a wrap. Everybody go home now. We're done here. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, bye.